Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to episode seven of VAR at the Bar. My name is Chris. And who am I with today? You're Lan. And you're with Dan. Good, good. How, how are you all? Okay? Uh, week-long hangover, but apart from that, all good. I wonder why that is, Adam. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Can't think what why. Do, well, it's been a bit more stressful for me. Um, I was looking for Leicester to get their first win. Finally, they got there today, so big relief. Good, good, good. I thought I'd start, start things off. We've had some uh, socials in over our, from our last podcast from a couple of people with their own lists and some ideas for new lists. So I thought I'd just uh, relay that over to you guys. Yeah, bring it up. Um, yeah, this is from the Stew and Al pod. First off, players outside the top six. The first one was Tim Cahill. Next one, Ravinelli. Then Mr. Gary Speed. Number seven, Janino. Number six, Muziezit. Number five, Tony Boa. Number four, Esteban Cambiasso. Number three, JJ Okocha. Number two, Letizia. And number one, Mr. Harlow Push the Ref Di Canio. I think that's about what you said um, on yours, I think, wasn't it, Ant, more or less? Pretty much, yeah. I, I definitely considered all of them. Yeah. Nice to see Cambiasso quite high up, like with Downs. We've got one actually back from um, Alex with a best ever top 10 list. I'll just relay that to you guys. Got that as number 10, Peter Schmeichel. Number nine, David Beckham. Number eight, Andrea Pirlo. Number seven, Zatan. So obviously got good taste. Number six, Ronaldo, as as in um, Brazilian Ronaldo. Number five, Franz Beckenbauer. Number four, Zinedine Zidane. Number three, Cristiano Ronaldo. Number two, Pele. And number one, Messi. That's a good list. Um, I almost uh, lost it when I heard Beckham's name, though. <laughs> My best player of all time. <laughs> Where's uh, Johan Cruyff? That's what I want to know. I know, I know. I, I, I did think that. And he's very, very putting Messi number one as well. I'm sure a lot of people might not agree with that. Well, he's a great player. You can't really argue with that too much. No. Apart from Beckham, I think that's a solid list. 
<laughs> I think so. I think so, to be honest. Got the last one, which I have to nickname Dirty Players, um, as in just on the pitch, obviously. Number 10, Neymar. Number 9, Patrick Vieira. Number 8, Roy Keane. Number 7, Adebayor. Number 6, Herrera. Number 5, Ben Thatcher, which is an odd one. Oh, God, that's a blast from the past. Yeah. Number nine, number four, sorry, um, Diego Costa. Number three, Joey Barton. Number two, Sergio Bustets. Number one, Mr. Ramos, which we would all, all put there. But one, one that I did go back to him on that he missed is um, Mr. Luis Suarez, which must, must would have been up there, surely. I'd have put Pepe on there as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what Andrew Herrera's ever done, but... I don't know about that one. <laughs> but, yeah. I don't know thinking that list has. Maybe we should all have a go at that one. I think so. We'll, we'll try and... We'll, uh, we'll look at doing that one maybe next time. And like I said, if you've got any other ideas for any list, please just send them through to us. Our Twitter address is at capital V... AR at the bar one. You can email us at VAR at the bar 2020 at gmail.com or you could just send it to us um, via our Facebook page, which is VAR at the bar. Right then, Liverpool winning the title. Do you want to start things off, Anne? I mean, I know I've, we've spoken before and I said I was getting a bit worried about it, but it, it was inevitable once it was confirmed that the season wasn't going to be null and void. Uh, they've yeah. just been a cut above the rest of the season, there's no doubt about it. They're just straight out of the blocks on the back of losing it last season and I've just swept everyone aside, really. I know they've had a few wobbles in and around uh, this lockdown, but, you know, they do deserve it. And it's a shame, uh, we said before, that you know, it's been 30 years and we can't they can't celebrate on the pitch with the fans. It's, it's a shame from that point of view, but it doesn't take too much away from it. It's been a very long wait, hasn't it? It's sort of been, like you said, it's been, been more or less confirmed for a while now and it's just about a matter of just getting over the line. Was there any turning points at all and that you felt that the end was in it, as in we were going to get there instead of all these other times that we've slipped up the final I think, hurdle? I can't remember if they were back-to-back games, but I remember when we were losing to Villa to right at the death and we got those two late goals and I thought, could this be our year? And I think it might have been a week later we then went to City. Well, it might have been before that we went. To, uh, anyway, we played City and we smashed City 3-1. Yeah. And I just thought we, we just looked a better team. We just didn't look like we were going to lose. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the two ones that i written down were Boxing Day away at Leicester. Yeah. And, you know, coming back from the World Club Cup, everyone was, this is a real chance possibly for Leicester to, you know, catch up. I think that was our best performance of the season. Perhaps less for too much turkey on Christmas Day, who knows? Oh, you never know, mate, you never know. (laughs) I've also wrote down another game, and that was away at Wolves, the 2-1. I don't know if you remember it, we took an early lead. They brought us back through Torre, destroying Robertson with a cross, I think, for Jimenez to head her in. And then the second half, they were just all over us. And then Bobby somehow found some space, as he does in impossible situations, and then bangs it into the top corner to snatch all three points. And I thought at that point, 
then I think this is going to be, you know, this is going to be it. I think they are actually going to get over the line for once. I think the, the we, we made the gap so big, it would have been unbelievable if we haven't got over the line. Yeah. I mean, you know... One thing being seven points clear of Man City, there's another thing being 22 points clear of Man City. Exactly. I think if you bottle that, you, you don't deserve to win the title. Yeah, I mean, they've all they shared the goals around as well, haven't they, at this moment in time. Salah's on 17 goals, excuse me. Mane's on 15. I think Bobby's on 11. And it's all been spread out across the three of them. And they've been having help, obviously, from the midfield as well. Liverpool are actually better last season. Definitely. I think they've just learned to win ugly, which is what's been missing for years for Liverpool. That's the thing that really stood out for me on this Liverpool team. The the fact that they played so well last season and that they were one point behind City, and you can see how much it hurt the players, that they gave everything and they were just that little bit short. And they came back, they had so much work ethic in the matches they played. The press is absolutely relentless. And their determination and drive to win was unbelievable. I don't think I've ever seen a champion winning team. It's been so determined. I mean, we have to go. We have to just quickly move on to the comments that our friend Danny Murphy made with regard to. <laughs> I think I think he deserves just a quick chat about. He obviously called the guard of honor nonsense, and he then said that Kevin De Bruyne is the best midfielder probably in the world. And clapping his hands and giving a guard of honour to players who can't even lace his boots. What on earth? I mean, I don't know whether this was just a little bit of a media thing for him, just to, you know, not to show his bias to me. I mean, I was quite surprised because he's a Liverpool fan and he's openly said he's a Liverpool fan. But I think to call the guard of honour nonsense is, in my opinion, ridiculous because I think going back four years, didn't, didn't Liverpool do that for Chelsea? Yeah. And there's, you know, there's never been any gripes with that. I mean, what, what is, what do you think is your opinion with, with the, with the guard of honor? Do you think it's, you know, it's good for the game to have that done? It's, it's, it's obviously a nice gesture, but Man City probably don't want to clap Liverpool, and quite frankly, Liverpool probably didn't really care if Man City clapped or not coming out. I'm, I'm, I'm not bothered by it either way. I think it's uh, quite a quite a mark of respect if uh, you have that humility to say you were the best team. Congratulations, enjoy it. I, I quite like it. I mean, where do you think Danny Murphy is coming from with this? Do you think is this? I mean, a lot of people have said you know he's never had that before, or do you think it's it's just that he was just being it's just a silly comment to make, or he's just trying to make friends in other areas, or? Well, it's a silly comment because um, Kevin De Bruyne wears laceless boots. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I suppose the point he's trying to make is that Kevin De Bruyne is probably the best midfielder, certainly in the Premiership, if not in the world. And but at the end of the day, he's playing for a team that's finished second. So I, I don't quite get why he's then trying to insult his former club. No. What do you, what's your take on it, Dan? Well, I think his annoyance at the whole um, etiquette is that if you're sort of congratulating a team and you've been really nice about it, then it takes the competitive edge off the game. I think that's what he doesn't like. Okay. Well, well, moving on to the game itself, because we have to talk about the game, I'm afraid. Obviously, 4-0. Is there any need to worry if you're a Liverpool fan? No. No? No. no. I mean, Liverpool are champions and, yeah, probably have been drinking a bit, but Man City are going to have a point to prove. Okay, I'm just going to. Just I don't pause. think Liverpool played that badly, actually, the other day. I think well, Man City took their chances. Well, I think Man City did a Liverpool 
Yeah, do you know what I mean? They had their chances and they took them. Um, I think if obviously Salah, there's two early chances that Liverpool had. Salah hit the post. If he went in, it could have been a different ball game. But to lose 4-0 straight after being champions, it's, it is something to think about. People are saying it was like a friendly and that, they, that they're not bothered about the loss. I mean, like you said, if they took the chance, it might have been different. But to concede four goals... Three from the left side of the pitch, am I right? Or was a little bit concerning in my in my view? I mean, what do you think, Dan? I, I thought it was a beating. They had your pants down. It could have been 10 goals. Yeah. If I was a Liverpool fan, I'd be worried because your midfield was non-existent in that game. Yeah. You know, I mean, you've got that group to lean on that you have got the hangover from winning the title because they, Man City showed that the best team in the league today is them. Do you not think, you know, it, you've just become champions... I'm not trying to make excuses for Liverpool here, but you just become champions. You go one goal down. Do you would if Liverpool hadn't won the league by that point, they might have been a bit more sort of intense and trying to get back into the game. Whereas perhaps their attitude was a bit like, well, we don't really need to because we're not going unbeaten this season. We're not. They probably didn't have quite the same intensity. You're right, but it could have been ten. What could point? Been 10. What, what point do you think we're being embarrassed here, lads? We need to start putting some effort in. And they did try, but they couldn't live with it. In the first 10, 15 minutes, they were, you know, it's 50-50. And then as soon as the penalty hit, yeah. it sort of almost like the wheels came off a little bit. I mean, it just summed up the game, really, when I think there was a, ball, a great ball played in for Mane and he just totally missed the ball. I mean, when does Mane ever miss the ball in front of goal? You know, that 3-1, he could almost think, oh, we could be on one of these Liverpool fightbacks. But four, where it could have been five, to be honest, if it didn't hit Foden's hand. All, all I can say, like I mentioned, is it was a little bit concerning on Liverpool's left on how exposed Robertson was because he was having to go to the ball in midfield and all they had to do was just pass it round him and had all that space, didn't they? I mean, it was great, greatly crafted goals. I think one was a one-two between Foden and De Bruyne twice, wasn't there? Yep. Um, for Foden for the third goal, which was an excellent goal. But yeah, it's it was a little bit concerning, but we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Only time will tell. It depends who, who, like what happens in the summer. Obviously, City might lose a load of players if they aren't allowed Champions League football. Uh, David David Silva's going anyway. Who's going to be a big miss? Mm-hmm. Uh, Liverpool are probably going to get rid of some. Well, yeah. I don't want to say Deadwood, but surplus to requirement players. And I know we've been linked with um, Thiago. Yeah, Thiago. A very good player. Yeah, um, magician. Yeah, for thirty-two million, um, I think that's an absolute bargain. If you look at, with all due respect, um, Leicester played 40 million for Tillemans in comparison. Yeah, but Thiago is 29. That's my only worry. He's a winner, though. He's won everything. Which will nicely bring us on to the next point on our agenda, which is, which has been the best ever title win? We do a top five on this, so I'll start with Dan, if that's okay, please. Okay, starting off at number five. Okay, just before I go into it, I did have a question. Where we're talking about title-winning teams, if you've got a team and then they win it one year and they win it the next year, is that still the same team or is that two different teams? For you, I'll stretch it. If you've done that, that's not a problem. We we never do things by the book here, you know this. That's a valid point. Anyway, number five, I've gone for the Arsenal Invincibles. Okay. Obviously, they... They didn't get beaten the whole season, but they did draw 12 games. That's 12 games where they've dropped points. And I think if you look at teams more recently, 
there's been far less games where teams have been dropping points. So when you're making that comparison, as impressive as it is to go unbeaten, they wouldn't have competed in the league in the last couple of seasons. Did you have them on your five, Ant? I did. I had them higher up. Oh, I did as well. I'll come on to that when we get there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You, you please, mate. You're number five. I had uh, Chelsea and Mourinho's first season, 04-05. It was just, um, obviously, it was their first title for... I don't know how many years, but they conceded 15 goals all season. They, they were sort of, you know, a lot of teams when they win the league, they score as many goals as they can. But this is the Chelsea team that they weren't shy in front of the goal, but at the same time, they kept people out, which is just as important. Yeah, first win in 50 years. 50 years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, he brought in Carvalho, Ferreira, uh, uh, Petr Cech, I think, joined that season. Yeah. So that was pretty much the back line sorted. And then, obviously, you already had, I think Makaleli was already there. He was just a phenomenal holding midfielder. And that pushed Lampard further up. And yeah. that's why Lampard's one of the highest scoring midfielders in Premiership history. He was their top scorer two seasons on the trot. Yeah. Uh, he was top scorer this se- that season. And also, here's a fact. I think they played something like, altogether, I think Chelsea played just over under 50 games. And Ke- Kesman, if you remember him, was actually involved in 41 of them. There you go. Fascinating fact. How many goals did he score, though? Seven. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I actually put that higher, to be honest. Um, like you said, yeah, I, well, I put them higher as well. Their defence was just phenomenal. Fifth, I think we were, I worked that out at something like 0.3 goals conceded per game, which is just ridiculous. Um, like you said, and Terry won player of the year, PFA uh, player of the year, and Ketch won golden glove. And obviously Mourinho won manager of the year for that as well. My number five is uh, Man United 12-13. I still don't know to this day how Alex Ferguson managed to win a Premier League title with that team he had as their midfield. Why are they on your list? Why are they on your list then? No, I still don't know how, and that's why they're on my list. You were around the Fergie. I don't know how he did it. With people, with all due respect, Scholes came out of retirement that year at 36. Chris, I think if you played for Alex Ferguson, I think you'd probably win the title. <laughs> <laughs> it was his last year, year there. To be fair, Robin Van Persie scored 26 goals in 35 appearances. They, like I put, they had characters captain. With midfield with Cleverly Kagarara um, in midfield. Um, they actually won by 12 points as well over Man City and went on an 18 game unbeaten run as well. I think, if I'm right, that it was the season where Van Persie scored um, that volley against Villa at Old Trafford. Oh, you yeah. know what Yeah, first time volley. But yeah, I'll put them as number five. So your number four then, please, Dan. Okay, my number four, I've gone for Liverpool this year. Okay. So, uh, while their record is fantastic, they've only drawn three lost to. The reason why I've got them down at number four is because uh, they've had a lot of games where it's been quite tight and they've had a lot of um, VAR decisions helping them out. Oh, controversial, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about here. Um, a bit of Leicester fan, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. What it was I here. <laughs> Still on about the Anfield game again. Mane getting cropped by Albrighton. Um, yeah. Anyway, 
Yours, Anne, number four? I had the treble-winning Man United team. Okay. I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, the, this list was so hard to do. Yeah. yeah all, all of these teams, well, all the teams on my list deserve to win the title for various different reasons. Um, yeah. This one, I mean, they only won they only won the league by a point, their Platon, but and I know, obviously, they they um, they did win two other trophies, but I, I just I didn't feel they, they were quite as good as the other teams I had, had on my list. Even though they did have a very good team, this, honestly, this this list changed about twenty times today. <laughs> it might still change in the next five minutes. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but they were a fantastic yeah. team to win yeah. three trophies. To win three big trophies is is phenomenal achievement. If, if we're talking solely just Premier League, uh, that's why I put them at fourth. If you see yeah. what I mean? No, no, that's fine. No, I totally agree with you. My four is um, Man City last year. Just. Just uh, they, they won the last fourteen games on the trot, which is an incredible feat. I know Liverpool were on the tails and they had to, but I just remember the game, the the game against Liverpool at um, the Etihad. I mean, I still don't know how, but was it Stones cleared that thing off the line, the ball off the line? Yeah, I, I watched that in the pub review, Dan, didn't I? And I yeah, we did. Yeah. did that. And then obviously uh, Sane scoring the, the the winning goal on that one. Here's a, here's a fascinating fact: Aguero actually scored three hat-tricks last, last year and they were against Huddersfield Arsenal and Chelsea and the Chelsea one the Chelsea one was in a 6-0 fashion that they did Edison kept 20 clean sheets that year um, one below um, Allinson just like this to say obviously finished one point ahead of Liverpool and just that goal that company scored against Leicester as well what a great strike that, that's when you know they're winning the title when yeah. the centre-back does that <laughs> yeah that, yeah I mean perfect way to finish off his tenure there wasn't it to be honest so number three down please alright number three I've gone for the Man United team in the 07-08 season this is where Cristiano Ronaldo helped himself to 31 goals we also had Tevez and Rooney playing in forward positions Ferdinand and Vidic at centre back Everett left back Giggs scores Van der Sar they scored 80 goals that season conceded 22 drew six games lost five total 87 points but the quality of that team and how hard it is to beat that team I thought they were absolutely excellent I wouldn't want to play against that team no no especially like you said the stats with Ronaldo are just frightening because yeah. like that at that point, he wasn't even uh, classed as a forward, was he? he? He was still someone that was a winger. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that team there was pretty, pretty frightening because all about their peak as well, weren't they? Defensively as well with Fernand and Vidic. Yeah, absolutely. That was a quality team. If you're looking at all these teams that we're ranking, and they all had to play each other, hypothetically. That, that was such a strong team, the spine of that team. Yeah. And all the rest and all the forwards. Yeah, great team. Yeah. But also, they, uh, they went on to win the title the following year, the 2008-2009 season. Pretty much had the same squad, but they also brought in Berbatov. Not a bad, not a bad, uh, someone to cook being on the bench, or if there's an injury, you can whack him in, is there? <laughs> I think he was I a think, soccer, wasn't yeah. he? It was Tevez that lost his place. He was on the bench much of the season. Bad attitude as well, wasn't it? If I remember rightly as well, that he sort of lost his way a little bit when he didn't get get start. Yeah. Okay, and your number three, please. Uh, Liverpool this year. Nice. The, uh, the the team to win the Premiership in, with the most amount amount of games remaining. Yeah. And and also to win it at the, the latest point in the year. Yeah, that's a record that's going to stand for a long time, I think. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, I'll, to be honest, that's my number three as well. So um, no need to speak anymore. I think we've uh, we've done that that combo enough. Yeah, let's let's not bore the uh, the, the non Liverpool listeners. 
No, no, indeed. Number two, please, Dan. So my number two is um, Mourinho's first Chelsea team. Like Ant's already touched on, um, they only conceded 15 goals. Uh, such a strong spine to the team with Carvalho and Terry at the back, McAuley protecting them, checking goal. They also had uh, great wingers, Robin and Duff. They were at the peak at the, um, when they joined Chelsea at that time. And then they had Drogba and Good Johnson offering different options up front. Just a great team, in my opinion. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, your number two there, Ann, please. Uh, I've gone Man City 2018, so the 100 points one. 100 points, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, they set every record known to man. Well, I, I, not, I'll be honest, I've not actually checked how many they're still standing with Liverpool, but um, 100 points, most away points, 50, most wins, 32, most consecutive wins, 18. I know Liverpool equal that one now. Uh, most goals, 106, and best goal difference of 79. Wow. Unbelievable. They, they just blew everyone apart that season. Yeah. Deservedly so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My number two was the uh, same as same as uh, Dan's, the Chelsea one, Jose's first season. So let's have your one then, Dan. Okay, I've kind of I've kind of lumped these together, but it's, it's Man City. Uh, so they did back-to-back wins in 17-18 and 18-19. Uh, 17-18, they got 100 points 100 goals they ripped the league to pieces and they wowed us but the 18-19 season where Liverpool really pushed them I thought that's where we saw the style of play really perfected where they're under pressure they had an injury to De Bruyne late in the season as well but that squad came together and they executed the manager's game plan and style of play just perfectly I just don't think it gets any better than that the quality of football was all week in week out from Man City I don't think there was anything better than that except uh, Andrews Townsend pinging one in the top corner at the Etihad <laughs> yeah <laughs> Go on then, Anne. What's your top? So I've gone for the Invincibles team. Um, and I completely agree with what Dan touched on earlier. But for me, to not lose a game for an entire season is very impressive. The fact that the only other team to do it was Preston back in 1889. And I just think it's, it's hard enough to win the league as it is with the added pressure of, even though they probably weren't looking to go unbeaten, the more the season goes on and the more and we saw Liverpool this season... Um, the more the, the pressure starts to mount up, the fans thinking, oh, we could be unbeaten, and the press are like, oh, they're going to go unbeaten. And to carry all that, to win the title and to still stay unbeaten, that's why I've put them number one. And I know they've got a few draws on the way, but they, they still play some fantastic football with, you know, they obviously had Henri up front, uh, Jungberg, Campbell in defence. They were a great team. And it's crazy that's the last time they won the league. Yeah. No, I, um, I've gone for the same same answer, to be honest. Just uh, how many games unbeaten did they last till? Was it 48? So I know they went to Old Trafford, didn't they, the season after, and then it went it was wrong. 49, for... I think they did. 49. But to be honest, that's an incredible start that I don't think will ever be broken, or well, for a long time anyway. Yeah, I've got here Henri, uh, top scorer, 30 goals as well that season. Won player of the year. Obviously, Wenger won manager of the year for that. I put them as, as my number one as well. But I think like it's proven that everyone's got a, a, a vast array of different ideas of what the best team is, really, isn't it? it it's not, no list is the same. Well, at the end of the day, if a team wins a title, like 99.9% of the time, they deserve to win a title. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter what order you put them in. They've all done it for different reasons. Yeah. No, yeah. That's right. You're comparing the greatest teams and all the teams we've listed, they are great teams. But then if you compare, say, those teams to Leicester, Leicester overachieved, they weren't a great team. Leicester just chose the best year to overachieve. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly.
May the 15th, 2004, history has been made. One of the greatest achievements since English football began. Arsenal have gone through an entire league campaign without losing. The first time it's happened for over 100 years. Anyway, moving swiftly on, we've got sort of a bit of a special today because we're going for all the, the English leagues. What? So, There's other leagues? Well, there is, mate. Moving on to the championship. <laughs> so, at the moment, you've got Leeds, West Brom, like you said, that are, at the moment, top two. I think Brentford won today, so they're closing the gap on West Brom a little bit. Absolutely flying Brentford out. They're the, they're the team everyone's got to watch out for. I'd, I'd love to see them come up. I'm a huge fan of teams that have not been in the Premiership to come up. It's always nice to see a new face up there. And they've got a new they've got a new stadium coming up as well, haven't they, being built? Right. Um, and also, they, they seem to have a good ethic with regards to players as well. They don't seem to over overspend as much and they seem to have, sort of go down to the lower leagues. I think the top scorer is Ollie Watkins and I think he played for Exeter. I think he's on 22 goals level with Mitrovic at Fulham at the moment. But... But yeah, I would love to see see Brentford go up because I think they were they've been close the last couple of seasons. Forest seem set to be be fourth. They, they, they seem to be incredibly good at holding on to leads, except for today, obviously. But when they take a one 0 lead, they sort of uh, their defence is very they're very well uh, managed. And they seem to be very very good at doing that. And obviously we've got Fulham there as well in fifth. But they've been on a bit of a free fall since the start. I think they lost a couple of games and they lost uh, Mitrovic as well because he decided to elbow someone in the face um, <laughs> which he, he didn't actually get booked for but he got then um, they, they then banned him after the match um, yeah which was quite quite funny but yeah I mean do you think there'll be any changes to that to those three to six than what there is at the moment or normally you normally get one team that goes on a massive run at the end of the season sneaks in the yeah. playoffs and goes up yeah and I mean it could be Millwall yeah I, I think Millwall I've got a real feeling given their figure yeah. be interesting as well because obviously Millwall uh, and Neil Harris ex-manager is now at Cardiff so if they're slogging it out for the last position it'd be very interesting and obviously Derby that's an in- another uh, thing with regards to money because there's talks about them being in financial issues as well administration possibly again at this moment in time it stands at Brentford Forest and Fulham and then in my opinion there looks like a sixth place between Cardiff Derby and Millwall but again there's a small gap I think between Derby and Millwall you say that Chris but if you if you looked at their fixtures I'll read, I'll read these out to you uh, Millwall they play Middlesbrough Hull Blackburn QPR Huddersfield and then Derby's fixtures that they've got remaining they play West Brom Brentford Cardiff Leeds Birmingham wow okay <laughs> it's going to slip up it's going to be West Brom because they look to be wobbling a little bit yeah they're not scoring that much they're not as consistent uh, as they were no yeah I mean I know Derby were on a I think they're now on a six match and beaten run but um, I mean as a lot of things with the championship there's not really much points difference between the top half and the bottom half I mean you've, you've got here Luton Barnsley Stoke Borough Huddersfield Hall 
Charlton, who I think are probably in the mix. I mean, Charlton have been in, in the news incredibly a lot with them losing their, um, their striker due to the contract running out and um, Lyle Taylor refusing, well, didn't want to play. A lot of um, Hall's players have done that as well. I mean, the actual captain and vice-captain. I mean, what, what do you think of, of that? It's, well, it's a bit crap. Isn't it, to be honest and it's also it's risky on their part because they could be out of contract and we, we don't know what the situation is going to be like going forwards they might not another club might not want them might not be able to afford them what do you they think about themselves haven't they players have got to protect themselves in case yeah. they get injured they've got a really heavy schedule where they're not 100% fit going into it you're at more risk of getting a serious injury if they got that injury, then they won't be able to get this uh, next transfer deal, which could be, if, if it's a free transfer, they're out of contract, then it's the player that gets a golden handshake, isn't it, from, from signing on for I think this is what, I think this is the position that especially Lyle Taylor was in, wasn't it? That he was being looked by, you know, Burnley's or lower end sort of Premier League clubs. And obviously for someone that's probably got a shortish shelf life, then you, you have to look at your own your own benefits, don't you really? If it's going to be a two-year contract, I think in his case, he's about 30 years old. So you'd probably be looking at another five years and top level. So he's probably thinking of his future for that. So you can't really blame him with that. No, I think so. I think coming a club captain doing it though I don't agree with that especially for teams fighting yeah. for relegation No I mean I think um, before last weekend where they beat Borough um, I think Hall were on massive free fall I, I think they picked something like three points out of possible 30-36 just on an absolute nightmare run to be honest but um, from your picks I know you we're basically picking lottery numbers but who do you think would go would go down I was looking at um, possibly Luton Fighting, fighting clear of it after Nathan Jones has been reappointed. Yeah, but I mean, Luton, Barnsley, they got stuffed today, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And especially by um, the Barnsley was all, all hurt because obviously Stoke were only one place above, above them at the time. Surely they, you, you couldn't see them going down, but you just never know in this league. you just got to keep keep get, getting the points, isn't it, really? I'm going to say Luton, Barnsley and Stoke. Ooh, OK. Because Stoke have still got to play Brentford and Leeds. Interesting. What about you then, Dan? Uh, I think Luton and Barnsley will go down. I think they'll be joined by Hull. Hull sold their best players in January. Jared yeah. Bowen, Riziki. I think that's a big, big mistake. They have got the mighty Herbie Kane now, though. Yes. It's got a good free kick. Liverpool youngster who looks about 40. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm going with um, the same, the same as you, Dan. To be honest, Luton, Barnsley, and um, and Hull. The others have just got a bit too much in them to um, to get over the uh, the line. I think. Um, well, actually, Wigan could go down, couldn't they? Of course. There's been a story that's come along this week that is pretty bizarre, and that's the administration of, of Wigan. I mean, at first, obviously, it was a club that's just going to have to probably take a 12-point drop, which would then put them in relegation. But it's now coming on to some sort of Philippines betting ring yeah. uh, uh, set some, Someone... Some shell companies bought the club and put them straight into administration, presumably knowing that Wigan will then get a 12-point deduction, which could put them in relegation places. And there was a flurry of bets on Wigan getting relegated a few weeks ago. So it's all very bizarre. You couldn't make it up. Um, Unbelievable. You know what the thing is as well, is that Wigan have been in the top um, form team since January they picked up the most points it was at Christmas they were nearly rock bottom as well unbelievable and how the the chairman of uh, the, the league could let these these companies take control of it is uh, another question to be answered isn't it really 
Right then, moving on then to League One and League Two. Quick roundup. Obviously, these leagues were finished um, early, so they were sorted out on PPG. Have you got any issues with it, first of all, with PPG? Probably the fairest way of doing it, perhaps. I mean, there's no there's no easy way of doing it. It was either cancel it or leave it as it was or make up, you know, do, do the PPG yeah. thing. I think that's probably the fairest way. Um, like League One, I felt a bit sorry for Peterborough that they went from mm. third to not even yeah. been in the playoffs. I mean, mm. that's my point. I mean, Wickham would have been eighth normally on 59. They actually had a worse um, goal um, goals difference than Sunderland and Peterborough, but they ended up being third on PPG. I understand that there's so many some clubs had more games in hand than others and you can't it's so difficult to almost go on what's going to happen with that game in hand I just felt I felt so sorry for Peterborough with that and it also ruined the sort of the way that the playoff positions were, were done as well could have ended up a different criteria totally I mean what's your opinion on it Dan? Yeah well the, the big problem I have with the way that they've run it is that they haven't really considered the strength of schedule yeah. now Peterborough their home record is third best in the division They've played less home games than some of the teams that have been bumped up above them. They've played more away games. So they're at a disadvantage. No, I totally agree with you. I mean, Barry Fry's been very vocal, as you would expect him to be. Yep. As uh, Peterborough chairman on this, I know he said it was, I think it was a disgrace, um, he said, which I totally agree with him. Like you said, I think something like a preliminary round, I think they do that in the conference. Yep, they do. Yeah, they do. Which I think probably would have been best. I mean, I've got here, he's, he's quoting it saying he feels cheated by, by the league on it. To be honest, I sort of totally agree with him, really with that um, and that they have let Division 1 has sort of let them down a bit and I think something like that would have you know say having a preliminary round would have increased at least a bit of um, interest wouldn't it just to in these difficult times just to involve everyone I know we talked mainly about Peterborough but there was obviously Sunderland that was on the same points as well I don't know what's that what's going to happen with them or uh, with a lot of these clubs after this Cranmere got relegated because of it yeah they, they were the game in hand yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know about their goals difference I don't think it's particularly any better than AFC but I've got were they two points uh, adrift or three yeah, they weren't far off it, it was I think it was goal difference in the end they got relegated on so very harsh yeah and and it's this game in hand it just sits doesn't sit right does it I know I know it's a really difficult position that they're in to try and make the best solution for everyone but maybe even like what they do in the, the German league you know have a playoff between the third place in Division 2 and them over two legs and then that that could work for that place but yeah I'm, I must admit I'm not a particularly major fan of it but, um, I think they had, to do, they had to do something they couldn't restart the season I think I read somewhere that in these two divisions two thirds of the players had their contracts expire on the 30th of June. Yeah. There's no, it's too big a task to try and restart the season beyond that point. Yeah. There has to be something to finish it, but I just don't like the decisions they've taken on no. putting absolute parameters on who's going to qualify for the playoffs. I think they should have broadened the scope of it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I can see that Coventry 
the champions. Not bad for a team that wasn't even playing on their home ground. But were they at Birmingham? Yeah. yeah. That was unbelievable, really. Unbelievable work by Mark Robbins uh, to get the champions. And obviously, Rotherham came second. They've been a bit yo-yoing, I think, the last couple of years. I think they've been up and down uh, championship and um, league one quite a lot. Obviously, at this moment in time, there's, I think, the playoffs, I think, it started today. I'm not right. The semi-final, I think, between Portsmouth and Oxford. And then there's Wickham um, against Fleetwood, I guess, probably tomorrow. And then, obviously, the team's getting relegated, like you mentioned, Trambeer. But obviously, Sol Campbell, Southend. And Bolton, who I think had a minus 12 start because of their financial issues. Moving on to Division 2 then. Well, just so, before we move on, um, you yeah. touched on Cranmer. Like we said, we think it was about, um, it was only like goal difference and a point in it. It wasn't yeah. much, totally fine margins. But before the lockdown, they'd won three games in a row. Yeah. So they, yeah, had, they had that momentum going for them, which is not uncommon really in teams fighting for survival at the bottom. They tend to go on runs of losses and runs of wins. But now that's all been taken out of their hands. They've looked at where, do you, where are you today? Now they're down. I think that's really harsh to relegate anyone under these circumstances where they've not had the opportunity to fight for survival. I just think that's wrong. Yeah, no, I totally agree. What do you think, Am, to this? Yeah, I mean, like Dan's touched on, you know, teams at both ends of the table go and runs at the end of the season, don't they? You know, it'd be like if yeah. Millwall went on a big run in the championship and then they said, well, now we're going to finish the season this season. As, as it was, Millwall might not get the chance to go up. It's the same down the bottom of the table. It's, it's unfair that you're on a, a winning run and they've looked at the overall picture and gone, well, you know, you've been you've been at the bottom so long, you've lost X amount of games, you know, they've put, they've put you down. It, it is unfair. But like I said, there's yeah. no right or wrong way of doing it. You're always yeah. going to annoy someone. Oh, yeah, it's true. I think there's only one team in the two leagues that wanted to continue and that was Forest Green Rovers <laughs> in Division 2. I think they were ninth when um, when the league finished and I think Stevenage were as well but they got relegated out of the out of Division 2. Well, that's Macclesfield going to get punished again yet do we know Steve Lidge might stay up yet they're looking into this two point deduction two points there's another two yeah. point one yeah yeah they, they give them another production which was just two points if it was um, four points that would put them below Stevenage but when it's their when it's not even their first offence why is it just a two point deduction Really doesn't stack up. I mean, it's no. also a bit harsh that you're, you're penalising the team for not paying their players whilst there's um, lockdown going on and they're not getting much revenue anyway. So it's yeah. a bit harsh. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, moving on to Division 2, they've, they've now had their playoffs. We might as well start there. What an incredible sort of turn of events for Northampton. For the first league against Cheltenham, they were 2 0 down, went away and won 3 0 to get to Wembley. Base Exeter, who, bless them, I think have been in the last three playoffs lost three of the last four playoffs finals. and then earlier on this week they won four now and then the day after they've had to release 12 players <laughs> <laughs> due to obviously the potential issues that they've got with the pandemic had, had just, the season played on they might not have even been in the playoffs no exactly exactly I mean with this PPG as well it actually put Cheltenham up fourth on the runner but they were actually fifth in the league or they would have met in the round before yeah, so Swindon won it, again, a bit controversially because they ended up being on the same points as Crew, but they had a game in hand and Crew had a better goal difference, but because of the less game, Swindon won the title. Again, I don't quite understand the logic, but obviously these people that worked it out... Well, thankfully both teams go up, so hopefully it won't cause too much... Uh... 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. A little um, story I saw with regards to, to Swindon. That is um, a, a guy that got on loan called Eon Doyle. Came from Bradford at the start of the season. He bagged in 23 goals in his first 22 appearances. Obviously, Bradford are in the same league. So when it was uh, the transfer window over January, Bradford then wanted him back. So he reluctantly went back and then didn't score for Bradford for a couple of games. And then Swindon found the money to then just buy him to then bring him back to score. <laughs> Which I thought was a bit of a fairy tale story. <laughs> Bradford, Bradford and Paul Vale, you've got to take your hat off to them. They were chasing the playoffs. And they were, I think Paul Vale was a point behind Northampton. And they both agreed to end the season as it was and accept that they weren't going to get the playoffs. I, I thought that was very... Um, Magnanimous of them, really. Yeah. So they both had something to play for. Sure. And say, well, you know, we'll, we'll call it a day this season. We'll start again next year. Whereas, you know, like we've seen in League One, sort of every team for themselves, really. It's like, well, no, we want to go up. We're yeah, fighting. Yeah. You're right. It is, it is magnanimous of them, but I think it's quite telling. The um, risk versus reward. Uh, yeah. The risk financially of continuing. You've got to pay these wages. You've got contracts expiring at the end of June. Whereas in League One, you get promoted to the Championship, the sixth richest league in Europe. The rewards are massive. So we've got three clubs that have gone up then, like Swindon, Crew, and obviously Northampton through playoffs. And as we stand, it's Stevenage. I've gone down pending, I guess, this inquiry with, with Macclesfield. Yeah, I mean, Stevenage will cut adrift. I don't think they can have too many complaints. And then the issue with Macclesfield, where they're pretty much insolvent, should they be allowed to operate in the Football League? Point of contention. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with Macclesfield, this is going back even to last season. Yeah. With, um, not, I know that a few Notts County fans have been upset that they were still allowed to stay in instead, you know, and almost thought that they should have um, replaced them down in the National League. Yeah. But yeah, somehow they've obviously managed to do, to play. And I can only feel for the players, really, you know, to be in this sort of situation all the while while that's going on. But I guess there's plenty more to go on with that. Yeah, it's not, it's not over. Not over by a long stretch. I think Stevenage will fight for that one for for a long time yet. Right then, uh, moving back to the Premier League, who do you think has hit the ground running? Who have you been impressed with and who have you not been impressed with? I'll start with who I've not been impressed with. That's Bournemouth. <laughs> well, to be honest, I totally agree with you, mate. I watched them against um, Palace on the BBC, that one of their, their live game, and they offered very little, which I was quite amazed with, to be honest. It, see, it seemed like a team that's just bereft of confidence and just don't have any identity. It's just quite amazing, really. <laughs> in four or five goals every week now they made Palace look good that game and Palace have been a team I've been disappointed with since the restart yeah what do you reckon to Newcastle then I mean they've pulled out two wins and um, he's suddenly Mr Bruce who was one game away from getting the sack is is better you know gone past Rafa's targets and Saint, what is it, Saint Maximin has absolutely been on fire but then when I saw them against Man City in the FA Cup I, I didn't think too much but again like we said it's against Man City so we probably can give them a little bit of leeway I don't think Bruce was ever in danger of getting the sack for his performances I think it was down to the fact that 
these Saudis are going to take over and want a big name to come in. Yeah. I don't think they've been particularly impressed with, uh, with him all the way through, to be honest. I don't think the fans have sort of been jumping for joy when he was appointed. I think he's proved him wrong. Yeah. I think he's done a good job. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. And just coming up from this uh, lockdown, it shows that he's got the players playing for him. Pressure's off. Performing. Even Joe Linton scored. Well, what do you reckon Sheffield United then? I think they might have turned a small corner beating Spurs, but they were struggling a bit before that, weren't they? Yeah. They've started letting goals in, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the big dream. Yeah, yeah. true. A few goals in uh, since the, they came back. That defence was really tight and uh, it's really hurt the momentum having the, the break, hasn't it? I think yeah. also you have to look at it, the fact that it's probably... I know, I know it's stupid because they've just, we've just had a big lockdown and stuff, but and obviously they've lost a bit of momentum, but probably tiredness now is setting because they've only got a small squad they've, they've not got your cities or your Liverpools yeah. a lot of the players probably you know, just want a holiday now <laughs> yeah I mean obviously what do, what's your, your guys opinion then on um, Arsenal and Spurs I think they can put them in the same sentence really because they just seem a bit inconsistent is the probably the best word I can call it or? well Arsenal they're, they're putting a lot of youngsters in this yeah to get them experience and um, they've had a few good performances to be fair I think there's some hope for the future with Arsenal I'm sure that Arteta will buy and sell quite a few players to Complement his young squad, so I think that's a work in progress. And I quite like watching Arsenal play at the minute. Yeah. Spurs, on the other hand, not a lot going on there, is there? No, no, they're, they're struggling, aren't they? They've got the. I was always a bit dubious when when Jose was uh, put as manager. wasn't hundred percent sure whether he was quite right. I just think with Pochettino, he was very quite attacking. He he liked to play good football and then suddenly you're telling a bunch of players that have been used to one style to now go quite defensive and on the counter-attack. I just think it, it, it's not really suiting Spurs, is it? No, it's not working. They've got no width at the minute. I think that's the major problem. Yeah, yeah. easy to play against. I think uh, I think Mourinho will have one more season there and yeah. I think it'll be uh, chop time. Yeah. Wolves manager. Possibly, possibly. But then he might stick where he is. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> You might, you might well do. Look, you compare those two squads now, Wolves and Tottenham. Yeah, nothing much really. And I was going to say what how much of a great start Chelsea's had until obviously the West Ham game. Their defence just didn't come out for the second half. No. Incredible. Every time that West Ham won the ball back, it was Rudiger with three players running at him. Yeah. Unbelievable yeah. to watch that was. They threw that. Uh, they are currently winning at Watford. Oh, are they? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, what what's going on at the bottom though? I mean, you got obviously teams just don't want to pick up points. Yeah, you're right. They're, um, there's not much between them. Bournemouth, they're shipping goals. If they if they just tighten things up at the back, they only need to pick up the odd point, and then you come out of the relegation zone. They need to seriously think about changing their style of play. For me, it's it's between the the bottom four go down. I can't see. Um, I, I can't see West Ham getting dragged into it. I think West Ham have got just just enough quality to stay up. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, very old team. I just can't seem to understand why they get themselves into this position with the level of players that they got. I think it's down to the managers they've had. Even now, I don't think Moyes is the right man for that team. He's not getting the most out of players like Felipe Anderson. West Ham have got Newcastle away, Burnley at home, Norwich away, Watford at home, Man United away, Villa at home. I think yeah. they'll get enough points out of that. Yeah, they should. 
should do, shouldn't they? Yeah, I'd be shocked if they do. I mean, talking about Man United, what's your opinion on them and Project Restart? Yeah, um, yeah, I think they've, they've probably actually probably been one of the best teams since it started. I think everything's starting to click now. Um, mm. So you've got Pogba and Fernandez running the show in the middle, and then you've got Martial, Rashford, yeah. goals up front. I think if they get Dean Henderson in goal next season, do you think Dean Henderson's better than De Gea? Moment, I do. Yeah, I think, I think De Gea is De Gea has too many mistakes now. I think he's lost a bit of confidence. I think he needs a, a young upcoming goalkeeper to give him a bit of a the arse. Okay. Okay. So we've got obviously Liverpool champions. Man City are going to get second. Any bets on Leicester still being third, Dan? It became a bit of a mental thing that we weren't able to score goals and pick up points. But in terms of performance level, I thought the first half against Chelsea in the FA Cup, the second half against Everton in the league game, I'm starting to see signs that we're performing at a pretty high level again. Alice at home, I, I, had, I was pretty confident, to be honest, that we'd get the win. And then to win 3-0, Vardy to get his goals, it's the perfect win for us, really. So we're back on track. But like you say, Man U have really hit form. Uh, Wolves are picking up points Chelsea are picking up points it's going to be a really close race Who would you say would be in third, fourth, fifth? I'd probably say I think Man U and Chelsea Okay So you were saying fifth for Leicester Yes Okay. What about you, Am? Yeah, I think Man United, Chelsea, third and fourth, and then toss up between Wolves and Leicester for fifth Ooh, Okay Midlands battle I still think I'm, I'm keeping the faith I still think you'll finish there I, I, I think Manu, as good as they have been, I think they will drop points. And I think Chelsea will as well. And I think it will be Leicester, Chelsea, Manu. What about if you had to pick your relegation? I'll go with Ant first because he looks most uncomfortable with it. <laughs> as much as I love Bournemouth, uh, I've enjoyed watching them over the years. Uh, it's got to be how it is at the moment Villa Bournemouth Norwich for me. Okay, no, that's fair enough. What about you, Dan? Same. Okay. Yeah, that makes three of us then. <laughs> I, can't, I can't see any of those three getting out. I'll be honest with you, I can't see. Gonna get obtaining many more points. I can't see Bournemouth getting many more points. I think Norwich are down. Let's face it, yeah. Norwich are finished. Yeah, fair enough. Right then. So, as we're fully aware from earlier episodes, our friend Alan Pardew, by mutual consent, left his club at Den Haag. So we've been looking shamelessly for a replacement for Pardew Gate. And then suddenly, Jonathan Woodgate was uh, sacked from Middlesbrough and a certain Neil Warnock has replaced him. I thought this bit of the show should be, obviously, on, on Mr. Warnock himself or Sir Neil Warnock, as I think he should be called now. But for a start, we'll just do a bit of a backstory with him that he was actually meant to have retired back in 2007 but has since gone back into football to manage Palace, QPR, Leeds, back to Palace, QPR, then Rotherham and Cardiff. He's actually quite good mates with Steve Gibson, the chairman there. And uh, one of the first bits of agenda he had to do was uh, to try and sort out, like Dan said, about people's contracts because they're all running out on the 30th of June. However, he had a, a quick chat with their striker, Talisman, and uh, Rudy Gastet. He refused to um, commit to talks, so uh, he was told by Warnock to clear off, which he did, and he's now no longer at the club. Um, <laughs> I read the interview on that, and it, it was quite funny. Uh, <laughs> he told him to clear off, and Gastet said, I can't, I'm still under contract. And Warnock said, no, it's okay, I'll give you permission, go home. <laughs> 
Yeah, my, my, I know uh, from a source that he's probably said that Rudy just said is probably one of the worst strikers he's ever seen them at the Borough. Um, he was actually booed by his own fans after 45 minutes on one game. After the defeat against Hull, Neil Warnock said about the ref, as per quote, he should have sussed out the ref. He was given a foul for breathing. <laughs> And then he then said about uh, the Hall players, he goes, I wouldn't swap any of my players for theirs. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> and there's a bit of a joke going on, I think, at the moment, because the assistant manager, Kevin Blackwell, is having his uh, kitchen redone. So Warnock said on a press conference after the Hall game, he said, oh, it's like Blackwell's kitchen. But it needs a lot of work. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that these uh, comments can continue so we can keep this up. It's obviously starting off quite well. <laughs> Results haven't gone for him tonight, so that's put them back on the drop. So no doubt it'll be an interesting um, interview with him after the QPR game, win, lose or draw. But yeah, so it's a bit of a real important game tomorrow. We just hope that they get a win and uh, keep it, keep the little renaissance c- continued, really. Yeah, I like it. He's a character, isn't he, Warnock? Yeah, definitely is. He's very iconic and English football. Yeah. What are we going to call it? Is it Warnock Watch? I'm calling it Warnock Watch because <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be plenty more coming up. Do you remember Alexander Solov? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, scored a goal. He's doing well in oh. now. Yeah. The Palace has scored 24 goals this season. <laughs> he is on loan at Trapsom yeah. and he has scored 24 goals this oh, season. Yeah. Man, you can't blame Palace for that. If you'd have seen him, you'd have played yourself. <laughs> before you played him. <laughs> Right then, so to finish off, we've got our quiz. Now, Dan, you've kindly given us the positions from previous episodes on this, and I think you're winning, aren't you, at the moment? Yeah. Sitting pretty up top. Sitting pretty at top, then followed by Ant, then followed by myself. Well, as, I, as I'm doing the questions this week, then I'm obviously going to stay bottom, unfortunately. It's Dan on three points, Ant on two, and me on one. So come on, Ant, are you going to get there to level up? I can't remember who did the Euro 96 quiz, but I'm still bitter about that. That was curious. <laughs> Dan got a lot of uh, okay. easier questions than I did. <laughs> <laughs> Right, it's just first on the buzzer. Right then. So, question one. In 2009, on the 1st of April, Alan Shearer became Newcastle manager with eight games remaining. In his last match versus Villa, they lost 1-0. One of Newcastle's players scored the, an own goal, which actually got them relegated. Can you remember which player that would have been? Bramble? Uh, no. Stephen Taylor? No. I can I can help you because obviously it's so far back. I can help you with a position if you want. Well, Michael Owen was it? No, no. Boom song. No, it's a midfielder, Irishman, played for Chelsea. Dan mentioned him earlier on. <laughs> Damien Duff. Yeah, well done, Dan. One nil. Okay. Who are the current Olympic football champions? Mexico. Uh, no. Japan. Uh, no. Brazil. Correct. What is Beckham's MLS team called? Nice, easy one. Into, Into Miami. Miami. Oh, got to give that one to Dan. Sorry, Dan. Oh, come on. I said it first. <laughs> okay, so which other player was top scorer in the league last year? I'll give you the other two now. They are Salah and Mane. Bamiyang. Correct. Right then. So I'm going to give you some clubs. And then obviously you got to... 
guess who the player is. Okay, so it is Independiente, Man United, Villarreal, Atletico Madrid, Inter Milan, Internacional, uh, Cervenzo, Oscado, Palo Alto. It is. Okay, next one. Wimbledon, Chelsea, Leicester, Millwall. Pardon? Dennis White. Yeah, well done, Dan. Well, I was getting there. So the score is it's a 5 1 at the moment. I mean, come on. I know. <laughs> okay, so Diego Maradona played for six teams. Can you name them? So if you want to guess how many you can get. How many? Yeah. How many I... do you think you can get? Okay, you just give me a number. Yeah. And then you give me if you think you can go higher or lower. Because I've got two, so then it'd be the other way around for the next one. Name four. Oh, I'm not. Can you go? Are you going to let? You're going to let? You're going to let? Let Dan do the four. No, I'm not. I'm not going to get four. Okay, go for it then, Dan. Boca Juniors. Yeah. Napoli. Yeah. Barcelona. Yeah. Not 100% on this one now, but is it Villarreal? No. Now it's Sevilla. Can you name? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm giving you that that point for default. Yeah. Okay. I've got exactly the same sort of style question, but for Patrick Cliver, he played for seven clubs. So you've got the first guess there. Um, uh, I'll, I'll go. Um, I think I could probably do three. I'm not confident on four. <laughs> Can you do four there, Dan? I think I can do four. Gonna go five, and we're gonna let him do it. Well, he could win the point anyway, so yeah, I'll try five. <laughs> <laughs> right then, go for it, mate. Newcastle. Yep. You got me worried. Then you paused. <laughs> <laughs> Barca. Uh-huh. Ajax. Yep. Oof. <laughs> Uh, PSG. No, um, okay. Do you know any any other ones? I think he played for AC Milan. He did. Do you know any more? That's all I've got. Okay, it's Valencia, PSV, and oh. Right then, next question. Right then, it, this is like transfer fees. So this is the nearest one. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so the first one is Jamie Vardy, Fleetwood to Leicester, James Milner from uh, Man City to Liverpool, okay, Cristiano Ronaldo from Real Madrid to Juventus, and finally, the last one is Gaza from Spurs to Lazio. Just need the total. I'll go down first. Well, I don't know the answer. But I'm going to have a guess at 83 million. 83. And? Uh, 75. The actual total amount was 123.5 million. Bloody hell. Obviously, Vardy was a million. Milner was three. I've got those two, right? Uh, Ronaldo was 117 million. And Gaza was 5.5 million. Ronaldo so was actually 20... Juventus for that much. 
Yeah, five million. I know. I was quite surprised at that. Right, number ten. The, on the twenty-first of November two thousand and seven, England lost three-two to Croatia. This is the body, body in the body game with Steve McLaren. Can you remember who was Croatia's manager at the time? Village. Correct. Well done, Anne. Last question. You're thinking, thank God. And this <laughs> is, and this is like, who am I? So I'm going to give you some stats and. So the first stat is, I was born on the 1st of August, 1976, and I was a Nigerian international with 83 appearances and 12 goals. Do you want me to move on to the next one? Or do you want to do a guess? What, what year was he born? 76. Daniel Amakachi. Oh, close. Uh, Celestine Babayaro. Close. Here's the next one. Okay, I played for Ajax, Inter Milan, Arsenal, West Brom and Portsmouth. Carno. Well done. Well, as a whole, uh, Dan won that one, mate, I'm afraid. Oh, I figured that. End <laughs> <laughs> uh, score. It was 7-4. So Dan gets another point. So he's extended his lead now to 4-2 and I'm on one in relegation at the moment until the next quiz. Anyway, just to close us off, uh, again, on the socials, if you want to contact us with any further list inquiries or just give us any one of your list, lists, uh, just uh, tweet us at capital V, capital A, capital R, at the bar one. Or you can email us at var at the bar 2020 at gmail.com or even find us on Facebook, VAR at the bar. And I think that's me all done then for today. Thanks a lot for coming, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. See you soon. See you soon. See ya. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.